Alright, welcome to Raiders of the Lost Drafts. Hey. I am your host, Eric. Um, the other host, Zach. And this time we will be looking at Collateral. <laughs> or listening to it. <laughs> Either one, whichever one you prefer. This would have to record <laughs> after 10. <laughs> yep. We said we would try to not do another late night record, but here we are. Yep. Doing it again. Even later, probably, but. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, well. Yep. Let's just roll with it. Um, Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> Actually, it's only 97 pages. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. All right, so this is a <laughs> draft written in uh, September 12th, 2000. Well, no, that was the other draft, I guess. This revision is written in uh, July 10th, 2003. And the original script written by Stuart Beatty. And this revised draft that we're reading is by Frank Darabont. And there's a little note at the beginning that says, this is a work in progress. There are inconsistencies because the locale is changing from New York to Los Angeles. Please don't let them disturb you too much. So, yeah. Um, actually, I guess should probably... Uh, see what else Stuart Beatty has done. That's, Good idea. You know. I mean, who's Frank Darabont? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so um, Stuart Beatty, he hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, he did Derailed. That was pretty good. I like that. Oh, okay. Um, he also did the screen story for Pirates of the Caribbean. And he wrote the screenplay for 30 Days of Night, Ooh. as well as Australia, G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra, <laughs> I, Frankenstein, <laughs> and some other stuff. Well, it looks like he has a hand in all of the Pirates movies. Well, it looks like he's just credited with the characters, though. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're still getting a piece of the pie, hey, no problem there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and Frank Darabont, the uh, person who revised uh, the script, and this is the draft that we're going with, he, you might know him from uh, having made the Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile and the mist as well as wait didn't he do uh the the pilot episode for the walking dead is pretty much all his i believe yes as and he also did the movie the majestic but he didn't mm. write that one um but yeah he did uh the first like season and a half of the walking dead and then he was kicked off the show <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> and then, Horrible treatment. Uh, 
And then he went on to make an amazing show called Mob City. I thought you were going to talk about Two-Fisted Tales. Oh, no. Came out in 1992. I don't know about that. Or The Fly 2. <laughs> Classics. And The Blob. <laughs> and the Night- 88 Blob. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. He wrote that one. <laughs> they are the Dream Warriors. <laughs> Had to do it. But yeah, I oh, every time I see Mob City, I just oh, so much wasted potential. Yeah, seriously. I mean, as in, it's a great show, and it got canceled way too early. Right. Yeah. But then we wouldn't have the Punisher. Right. <laughs> John John Berthnell's yeah. however you say his name, his take on it. Yeah. Berthnell. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Bernthal. There we go. There you go. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Moving on. And uh, some interesting things to note for this uh, screenplay is that at one point, Vincent, the character who ended up being played by Tom Cruise, was originally going to be played by Russell Crowe. Mm. And Max, the character played by Jamie Foxx, was originally going to be played by Adam Sandler. That's wow. what, that's what I tried to imagine during this script. I'm really glad it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could work, but I'm glad they went with who they went with. I feel like I feel like that casting is going to be the nice guys more or less. Mm, yeah, that's true. So, definitely want to watch that with you, by the way, if I haven't <laughs> said that yet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. But yeah, Russell Crowe as Vincent. Hmm. I could see it, but I don't think he would pull it off nearly as good as Tom Cruise. I don't think he has nearly the the quippiness that yeah. Cruise put into it. I, I think and he would make... He would have... I don't know, a little more of like a goofiness to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, what was Gladiator? When that was, was Gladiator? 2000, so that was a, or something, 2001 maybe? It, it probably wouldn't have been too goofy then. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, he was a badass. Yeah, that's true. I just, I don't know. It's much easier to see him do that than Sandler as Max. Actually, Adam Sandler doing anything serious is, I don't know. It's always on the rails for me. It's just like, uh, it's all right, but I want to get off. (laughs) I don't know. I like his serious stuff. I'm not saying he can't do it. Just, I don't know. Doesn't seem like he's as good at it. Well, yeah. I'm I'm glad he challenges himself on occasion, but, you know. Yeah. But Jamie Foxx can play anything, so. That's true. (laughs) That man's got talent. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sounds like a bad show. That man's got talent. <laughs> There's a scene in here. I I don't remember which scene it is, but um, I saw you as Max. Really? Yeah. It might have been with... Uh, actually, I should probably just wait for it. Because uh, Annie reminded me of Sarah on occasion. Uh, okay. 
I'm like, okay, I'll be Vincent. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> now, that's there's a there's not a whole lot right of characters there. to choose from in this one. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. I guess maybe the cops, but. We could, yeah. <laughs> we should just always be cops. <laughs> Anyway, they did participate in a stakeout at some point. That's right. That's right. With the <laughs> professional FBI. Oh, now there's man. an episode for us to do. <laughs> Let's get back on track. Yep. It's already happening. All right. So, the script. Ten minutes in, we're on page one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. All right, so the script itself. Um, we start out with a credit sequence, and it's over some trippy imagery of traffic and just kind of lights and stuff, um, like indistinct chatter and things like that. And then we meet Max, who is sitting in taxi dispatch, and he's a loner. Just kind of keep him to himself. And uh, then it cuts to him fixing his cab up after the previous shift brings it in. And he's, uh, <laughs> you know, like cleaning it and then whatnot. And then we cut to him. His reliable, his reliable bottle of 409. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, we cut to him inside the cab and all the noise of the outside world from the previous scenes just cuts to silence. And um, then he turns on the car and the radio and the radio is tuned to rap, which he doesn't like. And he changes it to classical. And then he pulls out a postcard of the uh, Caribbean island and puts it in the visor. Hmm. Stuart Beatty seems to like the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I feel like we had to pick this for some reason. <laughs> He's got to work the Caribbean into all of his scripts. That's right. <laughs> all right. Before we get too much farther, yeah. Um, I I just watched the movie yesterday, and uh. I like this opening way better than, like, hinting at Tom Cruise's character. Because mm. actually, the movie itself opens with Tom Cruise and uh, Jason Statham exchanging oh, yeah, briefcases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Which I always forget Jason, he's in there. Yeah, he's in there for, like, one second and he doesn't even <laughs> yeah. say anything. He says, have a good time. Oh, yeah. Pretty much, and that's it. <laughs> it's like, why? Why did that happen? But anyway, I just like focusing on Max for this story. Yeah, I think so. As great as Vincent turned out to be, mm -hmm. I just think Max is a strong enough character to carry this on his own. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> All right. And uh, then, uh, so Max is driving now, and he is driving a couple that's arguing. And then we cut to later, and he's back by himself again. Uh, he passes by a gang beating someone up, and he slows down, considers helping, but then the gang sees him and starts throwing stuff at his car, and <laughs> he speeds off and decides not to help. 
And uh, I actually gave a speech on how I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you gave a speech of the exact opposite of that. Where is all lies? <laughs> But I like how they take a minute to uh, uh, specify that it's a gang of Chinese teens. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, because it's like uh, multicultural dickheads throughout. So yeah, I think it works out. That's true. Maybe if they like accidentally hired or, you know, got like other people, maybe it's like, oh, are these guys connected to other people later on? Hmm. So maybe they needed to differentiate or something. Possibly. But there's several gangs that pop up in this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying that I feel like they mix up the ethnicities at least. Yeah. But yeah, so uh then uh he He's pulled over cleaning it up. Yeah, then he's he pulls over and cleans up the cab and everything with his trusty four oh nine again. <laughs> and uh It's so insignificant. <laughs> But they make such a point of it. <laughs> and then uh, he has a couple more annoying little fares, and uh, he just kind of remains zen-like in his front seat, like a little fly on the wall. I don't understand this Judge Judy recording that keeps on popping up once in a while. Oh, it's like when people get in, it must be like a sponsored like ad or something or whatever it's like um telling anytime someone gets in the car an automatic recording says for them to buckle up specifically this is judge judy buckle up back there it's the law i wonder if maybe that's like an actual thing that was in cabs at the time or something. You know, I've never been in a cab. Yeah. So I, <laughs> no reference. I mean, it could ju- it could be. I don't know. I don't know why it would be. Maybe, maybe they were just... I insight. Maybe it's just like they needed somebody famous to help sell the point of buckling up, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. But yeah, so then after a couple more fares, he picks up a hotshot lawyer named Annie and uh she tells him the exact route that he should take to her destination but he suggests an alternate route and she's skeptical at first but he says that the ride's free if he's wrong and then she accepts the bet and then Max is completely right and there's no traffic on his route and then they bond over the classical music playing and Max woos her with his charms. <laughs> and after she gets out, she gives him her business card. I just liked how um, I, I think the script spent a little more time showing you his lousy day. Yeah, definitely. And I think he looks at the picture more in the movie than this, actually. Yeah, I think I think you're right about that. But I I love how they swap he swaps his postcard for her business card. Yeah. <laughs> like every time I watch the movie or even reading this, I'm mm-hmm. just like, that's great. Yeah. That's just that's amazing. 
It's like he has a new dream. Exactly. But it's actually attainable this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then uh after she gets out, then we have uh Vincent who is kind of scoping out the building and then he makes his way to Max's cab and Max doesn't really notice him at first and Vincent tells Max where to go and asks how long it'll take and Max says 24 minutes exactly and <laughs> Vincent is curious that that's the exact number and asks if he can time him and wonders what he'll get if he's wrong and Max just says an apology <laughs> because he's already <laughs> given out it. his free ride for the day <laughs> yeah. well you just don't flirt with guys that's just how it works yeah <laughs> And then, uh, so Max and Vincent talk about New York, which is supposed to be L.A. here. Um, but then uh, Vincent is just visiting, and he says he hates it because there's too many people. And Max calls it home, but he can see why Vincent wouldn't like it. And then Max pulls up to the destination at exactly 24 minutes. And Vincent is impressed and asks to hire him for the night. He has five stops, and then he has a flight at 6 a.m. And Max reluctantly agrees after Vincent offers him a cool $500. And <laughs> Vincent gets out, and Max pulls the cab into the alleyway. Um, so what did you, what did you think about this introduction to Vincent? I just love his dialogue so much. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much just, I don't know. Anytime he talks, I'm just like, yeah, this guy <laughs> is just, he pays attention to everything. He is yeah. right on top of everybody's dialogue. I don't know. Just, there's something so snappy about the way he thinks. Yeah. That's just so relaxed, no matter how I read it. Yeah, it's like he's, and just he's so always calculated. like calm, but he's always like instantly has some kind of response. Exactly. Yeah. And this is great seeing Max. I don't know. It felt like they were keeping on top of each other. Yeah. It was very different after his relaxed conversation with Annie. Yeah. Then he's like back into like, oh, job mode. And uh, I, I feel like Vincent's the same way. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, he doesn't want to be here. He's just here for money. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this is where Max first mentions that he's been driving a cab for 12 years. It's temporary. Mm -hmm. And then Vincent just, like, he's always so honest and to the point. Yeah. But even here, he's like, you know, hey, there's talkers and doers. I like doers. That's just his way of saying, hey. I know you're not doing anything with your life. You know you're not doing anything with your life. Oh, yeah. He's just such an asshole, and I would love to play a character like that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a lot of good energy, mm -hmm. you know, character, character. And I like how they, they, these two people could be like friends if their circumstances were different. <laughs> Very different, yes. <laughs> like they they get it they get along well. 
it's just yeah you know not i think that translates into situ- situation <laughs> right right i think that translated wow i think that translated into the final movie too oh yeah definitely like i don't know why vincent likes max yeah <laughs> but i don't know and max is i feel like he's also kind of drawn to vincent mm-hmm. in some way too it's very weird and like unorthodox and i love it yeah Oh, and I love how Max would turn out just like every other cab driver Vincent's used, <laughs> except he pulls into the alley yeah, and just obviously starts everything. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of Vincent's lines in this script are, they kind of survive into the into the final movie. Like, yeah. Overall, a lot of the dialogue seems to stay the same, but yeah. specifically like Vincent's lines, they seem to... You know, yeah, it's very specific. I feel like he's probably got the most thought out dialogue. Yeah, maybe just because he, you know, he's such a focused guy, it probably takes the most time. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, Max is just kind of chilling in the cab, and he's about to eat a sandwich, and then suddenly a dead body falls on the car, and <laughs> he freaks out, understandably, and gets out of the cab. And then Vincent comes running up and reveals that he's the one who shot the guy. And Vincent kind of coaxes him with his gun to continue driving him around. And then they heave the dead bo- the dead guy into the trunk. And then the car won't Red start. <laughs> and Max pops the hood and fixes it. And the car starts. Oh, yes. Which I don't. Was that in the movie? No. I didn't think actually, so. Actually, not at all. Um, Actually, I felt worse with the script because Max didn't even get to eat his a bite of his sandwich <laughs> in the script. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes so much more time to like put it together oh, yeah, in the script. Oh, yeah. He spends so much time putting it together <laughs> so nicely. And then, and then boom. Everything. No bo- and his oh. cab gets dirty and everything. Yeah. Yeah, because he's obviously... More OCD in the script. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because in the movie, he just, like, rap- opens up a rap. But, yeah. I, I read uh, Red Light, Green Light from Vince's dialogue. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did they try that? Is that why they got uh, Tom Cruise? Because in the movie, he only says Red Light. Does Which he? was, it's vastly more disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I was waiting for it. I'm like, does he say Red Light, Green Light? But he doesn't. <laughs> And um, I feel like this gave more texture to Vincent, actually. Yeah. When Max Max is actually fixing the car. And Vincent says, well, what about that? Max is like, I already tried that. Well, what about that? That has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just gives you a sense of, oh, this guy really does need a cab <laughs> to do this job. <laughs> oh, man. Vince's dialogue, it's so perfect. Yeah. It's just a dead guy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't kill him. The bullets in the fall killed him. Yeah. So awesome. And he seems to really hate fat people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill you to walk. Oh, man. 
You're yeah, you're right about that. But oh, and I like how Max stutters. Like yeah, obviously afraid. And then Vince is like, <laughs> he says something. Yeah. It was... Oh yeah, yeah. Max stutters. You, you killed him? No, no. I I shot him. <laughs> the bullets in the fall killed him. <laughs> It's like wow, what a dickhead. But yeah, um, I feel like there might have been a little more humor pumped in the script in the final movie. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. And you're always gonna bond with someone when you hide a dead body together. So. <laughs> oh, here's Vincent's uh, anti-fat remark. Yeah. <laughs> Just goes fat fuck. Ever heard of a treadmill? <laughs> I guess I guess when you're trying just, to lift the body into the trunk, maybe it's a little more understandable. Yeah, I guess you're right. But he he does continue that thread <laughs> later on. Yeah. So uncalled for. <laughs> oh, one thing I forget, is it in this part of the movie when uh he aims the gun at Max and Max puts his hands up and Vincent's like, put your hands down. <laughs> Yep, yep. I love that in the movie. <laughs> Just so subtle. I, I love it because it's like, you know, Max is like drawing attention by ra- putting his hands up, but Vincent's like, yeah. no. like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're oh, right. That's so good. Oh, here's another random science fact that Vincent knows. It didn't make it to the movie. He's just, as he's cleaning the blood off the cab, he goes, six liters of blood in the average Angelino. He's got to dump all his on your car. <laughs> Oh, and uh, Max, he's like, just take the cab. I won't, I won't tell anything. <laughs> but it's like, you promise? Yeah. Get in the fucking car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that so much. I know. So good. It's like, why can't I write like that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah but yeah then max does eventually fix the engine and <laughs> they're yeah off yeah and at first when max is like trying to start the car vincent is like oh, about yeah. to shoot him he's like get the car started right now like and then he realizes like well max really can't get the car started so maybe <laughs> he should actually try to fix this yeah but yeah, so then they get the car started and head off, and then uh, we cut to a Bruce Banner. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, we get to uh, after Max pulls out of the alley, another car appears, and then a guy named Phil Heller, uh goes up to the apartment looking for the man who was just killed. I'd like to point out this first time in the script they actually describe a character. <laughs> it says Phil Heller, tall, 40s, soft-spoken, but looks like he could kick your ass if he had to. Mm. Um, there's no physical description for Max or Vincent. That's true. Or even Annie, I think. Just Annie for her wardrobe, mostly, I think. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting and open-minded. Yeah. I, I like taking that approach, like not really describing people too much to kind of, yeah, um, I don't know, allow for 
interesting casting choices. I don't know. Exactly. But yeah. But yeah, so this Phil Heller, he is in the apartment looking for the guy who just died. And then he <laughs> sees the window missing and sees the glass laying all over the ground. I'd just like to say um, Heller felt a lot more professional in the script. Yeah, definitely. I hate how he walks through the apartment in the movie, just like one-handed with the gun, just barely watching his corners. Mm. It was very disappointing to see a cop portrayed that way. Just, <laughs> I don't know. Almost looked lazy or something. Yeah. Unless he was like trying to be like, well, I don't know. Try. We do discover that he's an undercover cop, so maybe That's what he's just trying to put on an act. I don't know. I know. That's actually one that of my could, theories. That could have been an actor's choice. Like, hey, I'm playing this like you know a guy who's trying to be professional while trying to also be undercover. I don't know. Yeah. He's still like the only good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, obviously Max is more of a victim, but right. Anyway, but yeah. Except for one line later, which I can't wait to get to. <laughs> but yeah, back to the cab. So yeah, now we're inside the cab again, and he nearly Max nearly has a panic attack, and Vincent <laughs> tries to keep him calm, and he wonders why Max is getting so bent out of shape over one guy. <laughs> When there's billions of people on the planet and there's more mass death happening in Rwanda. And Which that specifically made it to the movie. Yeah. And Max is like, I don't know any Rwandans. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah this, Vincent, this whole conversation Vincent. pretty much is like exactly in the movie. Yeah. Except for uh, Vincent. He's just like, what else calms you down? Candy? Cigarettes? Sex, breathe. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like so impatient that this guy hasn't pulled his shit together yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> oh, and Vincent actually uh, lets Max play some music, and then they both seem to know uh, the classical scene. Yeah. Because Vince is actually like judging the classical music. It's like, it's stodgy, <laughs> but nice. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, we have two cops pull Max over, and they say they need to impound his car for being unfit to drive due to the dent in the hood and the, you know, not great looking windshield and everything. (laughs) Not Uh, great. And they ask him to pop the trunk. And I was a little confused as to why they just asked him to pop the trunk, because it seems to come out of nowhere. Yeah, I think they cut that out. Yeah, that must have been like a weird revision kind of yeah. uh, mistake. Because, yeah, it's just it's just well, they weird. I think they were. I think they only wrote that first of all because they wanted to increase the tension. Aside from yeah. Vincent being like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I wonder if he has a kid. Don't make me add more bodies to the trunk. But uh, in the final movie, they just say uh, one of the cops finds some blood on the windshield. Mm-hmm. He says, "Is this blood?" And I think that's enough. Yeah, you know? I, I guess that might be like probable cause or something. But I don't know. it's it's like but, there's no uh, 
I don't know. They're just kind of talking about like stuff, and then, um, then the cops just like, all right, now step away from the vehicle and pop the trunk. Like I don't know, just. It seems like, I, it seems like there's no blood. They didn't find blood on the trunk, right? You know, it's just it's just like standard procedure. Yeah, open your trunk. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Who knows? I mean, I don't think you had to pop your trunk when you got pulled over. I don't think I've ever had to pop my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt a little. Yeah, it was just felt a little forced, I guess. Yeah, but I, I feel like in the movie. It seemed more believable. Whatever happened, well, I can't remember exactly how it went, but I, I, I'm not, I don't remember feeling as like jarred by it in the no. movie. So I mean, I'm ninety, I'm ninety percent sure they didn't say pop the trunk. Yeah, they're just Vincent. Um, I think they added more dialogue from Vincent saying, "Yeah, that could be." Hey, this guy's probably married and has some kids. He wants to go home to mm. stuff like that. But yeah, so oh, and uh, in the movie, the cop number one is uh, <laughs> what's his name? Ellison from Terminator series, the FBI agent. Uh-oh. I don't know if you remember him or not. I can't remember. He just pops up once in a while. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. Way back when, uh, never mind, never mind. <laughs> we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't see him yet. We didn't see him yet. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they tell him to pop the trunk and get out of the car. So they get out of the car, and uh, Vincent is about to shoot them. Um, like he has his gun hidden, but he's about to like pull it up and shoot them. But then the cops get a call about a shooter nearby and they have to leave Max and just kind of let him off, you know, and just go. And cop, cop number one, he says, after they're about to walk away, he says to Max, note you are luckiest cabbie in L.A. <laughs> he is obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, oh, cop man. number two. Sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. But, yeah, so then we get to um, Vincent and mm. Max scoping out the next hit. And it's at a construction site. And Vincent is about to go after his... Um, you know, Mark or whatever you call him. And uh, he duct tapes Max's hands to the steering wheel. And then (laughs) Max's dispatcher calls on the radio. (laughs) And uh, he says the cops called seeing if Max brought the cab in and then reams him out for having an accident and is about to make him try to pay for it. (laughs) And then Vincent steps in and... um, makes like you know kind of bs's his way into getting max's dispatcher to kind of back off and uh kind of helps max stand up to him and stuff yeah that was nice to see that yeah and then uh vincent hangs up and then they he heads off to the assassination 
uh, whenever Vincent first sees his mark, his dialogue specifically is Jesus, another fat guy. Yep. <laughs> Don't these people ever <laughs> exercise? Yep. <laughs> and uh, in the script, it's switched from construction site to just another guy in his apartment. Oh, was it? Yeah, because um, in this, uh, Vincent follows this guy up like a construction elevator. But in the movie, uh, he just goes to the front desk. He doesn't, we don't see it, mm-hmm. but the the target gets a notification from like an assistant or something. And says, "There's a notary here to see you." Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then that's all they said about that. Hmm. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> and and uh, in the movie, it's zip ties, not duct tape. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was had to be easier to deal with. Yeah. Oh, and uh, in the script, Vincent specifically has two guns. He has a Sig Sawyer semi-auto and a um, uh, shit, uh, some kind of five-shot revolver. It's a J frame. Smith and Wesson yeah. three fifty-seven. There we go. Which seemed a little unnecessary. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I think he only had one in the movie. I yeah, I think so. Or wait. Yeah, you only had one movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got. It. Yeah, I feel. I think in the script, the reason why he has two is for like near the end. Yeah, but in the movie, they solve that by <laughs> making Max a little dumber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Yes. Um. For now, uh, Max calls for help and then manages to turn on his emergency lights, which are like strobes or something. Nothing wrong with four ways. It has to be (laughs) emergency strobes. And then he gets the attention of some teenagers who proceed to mug him. White teenagers, I believe. Does it specifically say that? (laughs) I think it does. A bunch of white kids or something? I think it does. Yep, teenagers, white kids, four of them. <laughs> Which is weird, because there's four in the movie, and they walk around the cab, but then Vincent only has to deal with two. Like, the other two just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so they mug him, and they take Vincent's briefcase, and steal his hubcaps, <laughs> and then... <laughs> as if hubcaps are really worth anything... I know. Out of all the parts in the car, like, yeah, I don't know. But oh, when I was uh, <clears throat> when I was younger, like first saw this movie, I I kind of thought that uh, the main mugger was Kid Rock for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. No, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> and he has a hard time realizing that a man duct taped to the wheel can't reach his wallet. Yeah. <laughs> In both versions. <laughs> yeah, they're not too bright. They're nope. trying to tell him to get get the wallet out, but <laughs> clearly his hands aren't going anywhere. Yep. Um but yeah. Hubcaps. As they're like running off with all this stuff, Vincent comes back just as the last guy is leaving, and then he shoots him and takes the briefcase back and the wallet. Mm-hmm. And um Gives the wallet back to Max. And then <laughs> Vincent says <You're> welcome. that 
the dead kid is just collateral damage. And yep. uh, someone in the wrong place at the wrong time who draws attention. Yeah, so then Max asks if he's collateral. And Vincent says that he hasn't decided yet. And then he changes the subject. You're a working tangle. <laughs> and says they're ahead of schedule and tells him a jazz club to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, in the script here, they just kind of turn Vincent into like a ninja, finding these guys just literally slides out of the shadows and yeah. pop, pop. Magnitude. Pop, pop. <laughs> but yeah, in the final movie, he actually spends a little more time with them because they don't show the assassination either way. Yeah. So he just gets to do a, you know, like a, a smooth silver tongue followed up with a quick draw, yeah. which I think I like that more than this yeah just seemed a little unrealistic he got ahead of these guys and, <laughs> and all that time agreed um but yeah so we cut to the first crime scene again and then we see phil heller again and it turns out that he's a plainclothes detective and he talks with his superior, Walt Muldoon, which I obviously couldn't help but picture Muldoon from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, so turns out the victim was a snitch, and Muldoon isn't buying that it was a homicide. Um, he just thinks the guy might have jumped out the window or any number of things. And then a cop who is investigating the scene finds some 9mm cartridges. Clever girl. <laughs> uh, it is a female tech that finds blood, yeah. actually. <laughs> They're pack oh, hunters. Man. I just want this movie to be Muldoon trying to catch this assassin. Oh, man. (laughs) So ridiculous. But, yeah, in the final movie, it's actually uh, just a co-worker, more or less, not a superior. Yeah. Played by Peter Berg. Yep. Who is pretty awesome in my book. Definitely. Um. Yeah. So anyway, and also in the movie, isn't Heller is played by Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. Which I'm not sure if like it was just him as a actor with the multi ethnicities. Wow. (laughs) I'm not sure why they made him look Mexican. I'm just saying it. Yeah. Because there's clearly, they have clearly no problem portraying all these other ethnic groups. So they just made this white guy, (laughs) I don't know. It was so weird to me. It still is. Yeah. It's like watching someone do blackface. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, yeah. 
But yeah, so um, one of the cops investigating the scene says that a neighbor saw a taxi parked outside earlier with two guys working under the hood. And Muldoon reminds Heller of an earlier case where a cabbie was driving all night, then killed three people and shot himself. And he never bought it as a suicide and always thought someone else was in the car. Actually, I like how uh, b- before they say it was a taxi, mm-hmm. this cop is given a description of the vehicle. Yeah. And, and then he pauses. <laughs> it was a taxi cab. Then Muldoon says, a yellow cab in New York. By all means, let's put out an APB. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like no, none of these cops take their job seriously. <laughs> yeah. Except for Heller. So, yeah, they had a witness a little earlier, I guess. But Yeah. Either way, Muldoon puts it together. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, Heller. Yeah, it was Heller. <laughs> Muldoon doesn't care. <laughs> Um, they remember. (laughs) (laughs) This should all be destroyed. (laughs) How many times do I need to tell you we need locking mechanisms on the vehicle doors? Anyway, Max yep. and Vincent are in a jazz club. Max says, <laughs> They're in a jazz club. <laughs> Max says he doesn't get jazz. And then Vincent explains that you have to listen between the notes and improvise. And then he says some people know where they're going to be 10 years from now. Same job, same everything, but that's not living. And it's not knowing what's around the corner that makes life worth living. And then the waitress comes over to take their drink order. And Vincent asks who the guy on the stage is. And she says he's Daniel, the owner. And Vincent tells her to send him to their table after his set so he can buy them a drink. Buy him a drink. And uh, then it cuts to, like, hours later. And Vincent, Max, and Daniel are talking. And it's past the hours of the restaurant and um daniel recounts the time that louis armstrong came into the club (laughs) and they played together and vincent reveals that he knows dimitri and this halts the conversation and kind of shifts the mood and then max pleads for vincent to let daniel live because vincent likes him and the way he plays trumpet and Vincent says if Daniel can answer a jazz question correctly, he'll let him live on the condition that he leave town immediately and make as if he was dead. And Vincent asks the question, and Daniel seems to know the answer, but then Vincent shoots him and reveals the correct answer to Max. Mm-hmm. Um, this scene is very s- similar, almost word for word from the movie. They added more jazz history or yeah, has- jazz techno talk from Vincent, I think. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and uh, this bothered me reading it because I'm like Louis Armstrong that doesn't sound right. Uh, because 
and the final movie it's Miles Davis. Oh yeah, which it's not a big difference. It's like they're like twenty five years apart in age. Yeah, but still, and they mentioned they. Uh, maybe that's what happened. Maybe they're like, wait a minute, th- that's way too old for. <laughs> well, know. he said sixty four is when Armstrong came in. That would have made mm-hmm. him uh, like sixty three, I think. Oh. But uh, Miles Davis was born in 1926. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's like 25 years difference. So yeah. it probably didn't matter that much. But I think picking Miles Davis was just, I don't know. They're both well-known, I'm sure. Yeah. But Louis Armstrong almost sounds like a fairy tale. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if that's why they changed it or not. Yeah, it could be. And they also mentioned a few specific songs by name. Yeah. But yeah, either way, it's the same story that, you know, Daniel got to play with one of them and thought he knew everything about him, but Vincent knew just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. And, but uh, speaking of Louis Armstrong, uh, <laughs> um, Louis Armstrong does the all the songs for the soundtrack to the Wikipedia Chronicles, my other podcast. And every single song that is mentioned by Daniel is featured on that podcast on the soundtrack. St. Louis Blues, Potato Head Blues, and Sleepy Time Down South, and Cornet Chop Suey. So come on over and listen to Wikipedia Chronicles. What's that podcast, Eric? The Wikipedia Chronicles. <laughs> anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> but Eric, where can I listen to that podcast? Oh, you can listen to it on iTunes. You can listen to it on any podcast app. Um, you can also go to twc.ericsrevio.com. It's uh, we have it there for streaming and download. Um. And even if you just go on Google, search the Wikipedia Chronicles, and it'll come up. Probably be one of the first few matches. (laughs) (laughs) There's like, oh man. I was like, is he really going to do it? Yes. Oh, I'm good now. All right, so oh. Vincent has just murdered Daniel, and now they are outside the club. And Max says that he's had enough, and he tells Vincent to find another cab. <laughs> and obviously, Vincent's not okay with that. Um, then the dispatcher calls again. And he says that Max's mom keeps bothering him and tells Vincent she's in the and Max tells Vincent she's in the hospital and he visits her every night. And Vincent convinces Max to follow his routine and go to his mother because breaking his routine would draw attention. And this is the line that I was thinking of earlier. Um... Where is it? Oh, yeah. He says, uh, guy with a routine goes and breaks it. 
provokes tension. That's bad, and that's not good. <laughs> as soon as oh, I God. scrolled to that, I'm like, that can't be the one he wants. Well, that's one of them. <laughs> that's one of the ones that I thought of. That's bad, and that's not good. <laughs> Vincent has some very interesting lines. Yep. They're not all home uh, runs. <laughs> um, and since when did any of this become a negotiation? Yeah. It's always a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the hospitals. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, we get to the hospital. And uh, Vincent buys flowers for Max to give to his mom. She and- carried you in her <laughs> womb for nine months. He's so <laughs> adamant about that. Yeah, I love how, uh, like, um, Vincent's like, you're going to buy her flowers? And then Max is like, nah, it's a waste of money. She, it won't mean anything to her. And he, he, Vincent's just like, just buy the damn flowers. <laughs> like, yeah. Then he ends up buying them himself because yeah. Max won't. It's brilliant. Yep. And I love the payoff later, but oh, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Um, so great. So then uh, they get into the elevator. With none other than Detective Phil Heller. Da, da, da. <laughs> then they uh, they get off at their floor, and he continues up to the morgue. And then Max gives the flowers to his mother, and she wonders why he wasted money buying her <laughs> something that will wilt. And then Max says Vincent bought them, and suddenly she's like, oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yep. And uh, Max's mother talks about how great Max's limousine business is and mm. about how he plays concerts. And Vincent finds it all fascinating. Yep. And <laughs> Max says that they got to go. Uh, and then he makes off with Vincent's briefcase and Vincent chases after him. Yes. <laughs> so weird. Raising my hand like a child. Um, I read into this a little bit in the script, but I mm. saw it even more. I think Cruz must have read it too, like I did. Like, um, especially in the movie, it's easier to see with the way Cruz plays it. Mm. I I think he gave Vincent like this very deep issue with his mother, mm. like he really misses her or something. Because mm-hmm. if you watch the conversation between Vincent and Ida however you say her name. Yeah. Like, he's just drawn deeper and deeper into her. Like, he's really digging the conversation. Yeah. Not just making fun of Max, but, like, I feel like he really appreciated the motherly, yeah, like, talk. Like, if you if you watch it again, I think there's, like, a glow in his eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just me or what, but I feel like he really brought something deeper to the character than just, you know, precise right. professional killer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it seems like he's, you know, missing something in this. He almost maybe like really wanted to go visit her when he heard about it on the radio. Like, maybe. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go visit, you know, Max's mom and kind of, you know. Yeah. As a way to kind of get that sensation of, you know, seeing your mom. Definitely. Because, uh, I I feel like that's the only reason that Max got as far as he did with the briefcase. Right. Because when you watch that scene, like you can see Vincent is like, 
Yeah, he's completely so, entranced. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I just really loved watching it again after reading it. Yeah, it's a great scene. <laughs> oh man. I can't wait for this next part. <laughs> um but yeah, so then uh Vincent is chasing Max. Um they're going through the hallway and they're going down the stairwell. And then uh Vincent tries oh. to threaten Max by saying that he'll kill his mom. And Max says that he'd be doing her a favor. I could not believe I read that <laughs> at all. I was like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> and then obviously Vincent just lost any leverage he had. So yep. uh, Max um, <laughs> Max just continues and the chase continues through the hospital and then uh, out into the I guess parking lot and then Max runs down to the East River and he's about to throw the briefcase but Vincent aims his gun at him and uh, Max calls his bluff and throws the briefcase into the river and Vincent is furious with Max but he's also kind of proud of him at the same time Definitely. I like the, uh, yeah, Vincent actually gets the laser dot on Max. Mm. Red light, green light, Max. Bullshit. <laughs> Throws it. I'm going to throw this goddamn briefcase <laughs> in that goddamn river. <laughs> but yeah. Obviously, this is, uh, if we didn't say it already, this briefcase is how Vincent's finding his targets. Right, yeah. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Yep, and yeah, Vincent's <laughs> trying to remember the address and everything, and he's just Yeah, like, that was a like, great touch in this. Yeah. Because he's actually, like, trying to remember. Like, he actually says it out loud. Uh, Yeah, he's going uh, 100 East, 40, no, 40 East, 100, 40 something shit 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 i just loved it yeah <laughs> um but yeah so then we cut over to heller checking out uh the morgue do you think it's weird that the morgue's not in the basement yeah i guess so <laughs> yeah i guess they usually are in the basement but yeah, anyway, he's checking out the bodies, the dead yeah. bodies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. The dead bodies. <laughs> dead. Go get him, Tiger. <laughs> anyway, uh, they yep. are <laughs> the bodies are all John Doe's that were killed by Vincent, um, but none of them were the first guy that died that um, they were looking for because obviously he's in the trunk. And uh, Heller calls Muldoon, 
and says that two of the dead bodies were friends of Dimitri and that something big is going down. Um, and yeah. So then <laughs> it goes to Vincent and Max in the cab and Vincent brings up the limousines and lying to his mother and tells him that he had a father who hated him and everything he did and got drunk and beat him and that he killed him when he was 15 and it was his first kill. And then he says, just kidding. It was liver cancer. He actually laughs in the movie. Yeah. Brilliant. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm like, Oh man, this guy. (laughs) Um, I completely believed him. Yeah. Both times. Oh yeah. <laughs> but he obviously has no reason to lie at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and uh so then they pull up to Little Russia and Vincent says that Max is going to find a man named Dimitri and pretend to be him to get the info on the last two hits. And Max stalls, but eventually gets out and crosses the street. (laughs) Yes. Because whenever Vincent was first trying to uh, build up Max's interest in more money, he was mentioned, uh, well, why don't you start a union? And then (laughs) right here, Max is stalling about benefits and shit. Yeah, he's like... uh, uh, What's Vincent's last line? He says... You tell me to start a union, I'm blowing your head off. Quit stalling and get out of the cab. (laughs) Oh man. I oh man. I wish I would have made it in the movie. Yeah, I love every time Vincent just has like this punctuation at the end of just like, all right, stop messing around, just get out of here. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, in the movie it's uh just some area with a Hispanic gang. Yeah. Felix, not Dimitri. Is it Felix in the in the mo- in the movie, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so like the, the cat. <laughs> anyway, I hate these FBI agents. They seem so incompetent. Yeah, they're kind of like the Johnson and Johnson from Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, anyway, they um. So yeah, Max is heading into the club or whatever and two feds are staking out the place and then Heller and Muldoon are also ushered into the apartment with the feds and that they hear that a cab pulled up and they get excited and then they see that the hood's all dented up and they get really excited <laughs> yeah <laughs> confirms their suspicions of earlier and then uh, we cut to inside, and Max is taken to Dimitri. And Dimitri is puzzled by why Vincent is there, which he thinks Max is Vincent. And then uh, he says, like, they had an arrangement, and, you know, they didn't. he didn't see him, he didn't talk to him, he didn't, you know, whatever. And uh, Max says that he lost the list. And Dimitri is furious and pulls a gun out, um, and points it at Max's head. But Max stays cool and bullshits his way out of it and says he picks he picked up a tail. And um, 
Max says that he already got three of the guys on the list. And meanwhile, the feds are listening in on everything. And so eventually <laughs> Dimitri does give Max the, a new li- the new list or, you know, a new copy. And Max says as a courtesy, he'll knock 50% off his price <laughs> and and as well as every time they deal in the future. I love that so much. <laughs> Just in case he doesn't make it, he still gets the fuck game over. Yeah. <clears throat> and the, oh, I like the uh, the Black Peter speech. Oh yeah, did that? That wasn't in the movie, was it? Yeah, it was. Was it? It's funny though, because it actually is like a European Russian folk tale. Oh really? But then they switched to Felix's people into Hispanics, <laughs> and then he says it's an old Mexican tale. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't think it is. Oh, and uh, yeah, in the movie, Felix <laughs> is played by Javier Bardem, who went on to play Anton Chigger in No Country for Old Men. Mm, didn't know that. Yep. I just love, the the whole speech is worth it just for the ending line of, how fucking furious do you think Jelly Old St. Nick would be? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I love the arrangement that this guy has no idea what Vincent looks like. Yeah. Because when they first meet, he says, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> it's just great. In the final movie, though, whenever Max, you know, gets all tough, mm-hmm. I feel like Jamie Foxx maybe was a little too tough. <laughs> like, obviously, it was the only way for him to get out of there alive. Right. But it felt like a little too badass for him. Yeah. Whereas this, I don't know, in the script it almost did feel like more of a comedy. Like a yeah. lot lighter. <laughs> so it might have worked, but I don't know. Anyway, that offering the discount for everything in the future was just amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the feds are coming. <laughs> yeah, so then... Um, um, so then Max... Also grants Daniel's dying wish of telling Dimitri he was sorry. Mm. And um, the feds get video and pictures of Max walking out of the place thinking that he's Vincent. And then Vincent tells them or uh, Vincent tells Max to go to a club called Fever. That stayed the same. Yeah. And meanwhile, the feds are gearing up to follow them. And after a call to the dispatcher, Heller isn't convinced that Max is Vincent because his description matches a, you know, cab driver of like 12 years named Max. So it doesn't really seem to fit. Mm -hmm. Um, But the feds are thoroughly convinced based just on the seeing him and stuff right um but then we cut to shots of max and vincent driving and oh uh it specifically uh states in the script uh during this series of shots you might want to listen to mazzy stars mary of silence to suggest the tone here mm. did you listen to it i did not very hypnotic i recommended it cool it, ma- it made reading it like wow okay <laughs> 
And Mazzy Mazzy? M A Z Z Y. M A Z Z Y. Stars. Star. Mazzy Star. The song is Mary of Silence. Hmm. You can do that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you can pause this <laughs> and check it out right now. Maybe I'll put the song over this while we're talking. Yeah, I was going to suggest that. Which the next song they suggest is so inappropriate. <laughs> if you remember that. I, I like the song they picked in the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's pretty much the defining <laughs> song of the movie. In my yeah. Opinion, but... Um. Yeah, so we have shots of Max and Vincent driving, and we have shots of the feds driving, and we have shots of Dimitri's thugs driving and gearing up to go after, um, you know, somebody. And then uh, Vincent tells Max that he should call the woman that he picked up earlier if he makes it out alive i love that yeah so much i wish it would have made it to the final i feel like i remember him saying something about that though uh he kind of did offhand but mm. really here it felt a lot more deliberate yeah i guess what i'm thinking of is in the movie when he's kind of like telling him to like be a man and just yeah. call her instead of this where it seems ge he's genuinely like yeah just call her up you know like you should definitely totally go for it yeah seems more of like a buddy kind of friendly you know <laughs> yeah encouragement rather than like you're an idiot just call her <laughs> yeah definitely i think i like this a lot more yeah if you think about this as a road trip movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, we should make one sometime. Yeah, definitely. After a hotel friend trip. <laughs> we'll do a friend road trip. That'll be the next I'll, one. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a road trip. Wait. Hotel friend trip. Road friend trip? I don't know. I don't know. We'll work it out. Yeah. The sequel. <laughs> <laughs> hotel friend trip to road trip. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> oh. anyway but yeah. fever yeah fever We're in... i got a fever <laughs> i can't do walking oh what you have polio or something all right so fever we're in the nightclub um heller after hours disco yeah <laughs> <laughs> so unthreatening oh man um heller and the feds as well as Dimitri's thugs are looking for Max. They're making their way through the club, um, trying to. I find like how they all found different entrances. Yeah, it's like you specifically <laughs> need three entrances <laughs> for all these people to get in. And then uh, we also have Vincent, who's looking for his hit um, Nikolai, and then the feds find Max and swarm him and he's pleading that he's not Vincent and then Dimitri's thugs see this and they try to take him out before the feds can take him alive but there's uh, after the one Russian thug opens fire and misses the shot everybody starts firing and the club just turns into chaos and 
in the chaos, Vincent kills Nikolai. And then uh, Heller finds Max and tries to get him out. And as they exit, Vincent pulls up in the cab and shoots Heller. And then Max gets in the cab and they leave. Okay. Uh, reading this club scene, not nearly as um, cool or distinct, I think. Yeah. It felt like a lot more like, oh, man, we're just going to have people shoot people. Because, yeah. you know what I mean? Did you feel it that way when you read it? Yeah, it didn't pack as much of a punch as the Yeah, movie. definitely. The movie definitely All... amped up the suspension. and <laughs> Yeah. Because, yeah. like, this or just, like, one gunshot and then everybody's shooting everybody, just spraying. Yeah. Uh, the only good part is it shows that um, Vincent's the only one, like, calm. Yeah. Like, he's... He's ducking under fire and just focusing on the target. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was so much cooler to see him actually, like, hand-to-hand and all that yeah. stuff. Because <laughs> everybody is trying to kill everybody, but it's a lot more calculated in the final movie, I think. Yeah, for sure. But there's, ah, oh, there's just the the actor, the FBI lead that gets shot in the leg. Mm-hmm. I just hate his face when he is on the ground. Like, he looks more bored than injured. Like, I don't know. If you watch it again, you might see it. I'm just like, <laughs> what kind of direction is that? Like, it looks like he's, like, yawning instead of, like, taking in the scene. I don't know. That's probably my only problem with the whole movie, <laughs> to be honest. So one guy's stupid face. Oh, and I will tell you what. Every time I watch the movie, I, I'm not one of those guys, but in this movie specifically, I'm always like, maybe this time Vincent won't kill Heller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know how you feel. It's just so hard because... It's like, yeah. Oh, he's the only hope Max had. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um so now we're in the cab and um you know Max is like stunned and he's not, you know, like he doesn't can't believe that Vincent killed Heller and you know Vincent's just like what what do you want me to do? Like it, it's my job. <laughs> like I can't have him be alive. <laughs> this guy <laughs> And uh, so then he says that they're headed for Union Station for the last hit. And then uh, Vincent and Max kind of get into an argument. And um, then uh, Max thinks Vincent doesn't know anything about people. And Vincent thinks Max is just bullshitting himself with all of his dreams. And... Uh, eventually Max just decides he's had enough and he starts speeding up and he goes faster and faster until he purposely crashes the car and uh, in the wreckage Vincent pulls out a butterfly knife and tries to stab Max and Max is fighting him off and then when when there's sirens sounding in the distance Vincent starts running off Okay, uh, Vincent trying to stab Max 
is much more dramatic than in the movie when he just starts slapping him with a piece of <laughs> debris. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, yeah. it's ridiculous. Because it's just like throwing a hissy fit. <laughs> just trying to slap him with like a ruler is what it looks like. But this, trying to stab him with a knife, yeah. so much more powerful. Did he even have a knife in the movie at all? Yeah, he used it in the club on uh, oh, some guy's kneecap. Okay. I think that's just about the only time. Oh, and he cut the zip ties. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. in the script, they make they make more of a point of it, more yeah. a, a few more times. But um, <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max got him. But yeah, then we get uh, the sirens. Uh, the two cops pull up and they find Max. And they find the body in the trunk. And then they're like, yeah, you got to put your hands up and get on the ground. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and um, and then he sees the last file and sees that it's Annie who is the last target. And, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, and then Max grabs Vincent's remaining gun that's still on the ground. And he holds one of the cops hostage and then tells them to cuff themselves to the door and he runs off. Go cuff yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot more believable in the movie to only have one cop. Yeah. And Which even then, <laughs> I love that cop. Like he has a gun in his face and he's yelling at uh, Max, put the gun down. Yeah. It's like, you have no power there, buddy. Yeah, but yeah. In the, in the movie, there's no second gun from Vincent. Max just is like, you know what? I'm gonna try to take a cop's gun. Well, no, right? No, Vincent does drop his only gun. Does he? And yeah, it's lost. And then Max sees it like under a piece of like fender or something. Oh. Then uh, I think he tells the cop to throw his gun away. Oh, uh, okay. Cause then, yeah. Because Vincent finds a gun later, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, um, Max does find a gun. But uh, Vincent, yeah, forgot it just because of where it was. Mm -hmm. It was pretty well hidden. Yeah. Actually, the, the shot they used to show that Max saw it, it was actually, like, <laughs> I'm glad they did it twice. They cut to it twice <laughs> and zoomed in the second time. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, there is a gun down there. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, seeing Annie was obviously pretty awesome because mm -hmm. in the in the mm -hmm. script it was a lot more deliberate that Vincent was walking toward her before he got to the cab. Yeah, because I think in the movie it's just like he didn't even look in her direction because he had sunglasses on, you couldn't even tell. Right. Yeah. And yeah, in the movie but, they definitely obscure his um like mission or whatever. Yeah. A lot more. Yeah, uh, but in this script, like as it was nearing more and more towards the end, I'm like, wait a minute, is there enough time left for all the stuff that happens <laughs> in the movie? <laughs> yep. But yeah, they definitely cut to the wire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, missing rail. But yeah, then uh, Max uh, is running off, and he grabs some guy's cell phone and calls Annie. <laughs> 
I always think of the scene in the Matrix. Yeah. Hey, that's hey, gonna took my phone. Took my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Vincent is in Annie's building, and Max finally gets through to her and tells her that Vincent is coming to kill her, and. Max can see from the outside that Vincent is two floors below her and tells her to stay put. And then Vincent sees the phone extension blinking and sees where the call is coming from. And Max notices him noticing and tells (laughs) Annie to hang up, but she can't hear him very well. And then Max gets inside the building and sees the night watchman dead. Meanwhile, Annie is calling 911, but Vincent is hacking the building's phone line with an axe. And then uh, Max continues to make his way into the building. And Annie hides from Vincent as um, he arrives on the elevator. And then it's silent as Vincent stalks her. And then she finally uh, makes a break for it. And in the hallway, slams right into Vincent, and then they kind of wrestle a bit, and then Vincent eventually gets the upper hand and starts strangling her. And with the phone cord. Yes, with the phone cord. Because in the movie, he actually steals the Night Watchman's gun. Mm. That's where he gets the gun from. Okay. And then uh, Max arrives, and he shoots Vincent. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> man. It is... Very satisfying. <laughs> yes. What are you going to do about it? Bam! <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, in the script, it's, what are you going to do? Shoot? Me- then it cuts off. Bam! Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do so, love that. Oh, man. Because, like, I, one thing I love <laughs> about this is how little they, like, mess around or waste time. Or, you know, like... In a lot of movies, it's like there's like a long, you know, speech, long back and forth of like, <laughs> come on, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. I'm whatever. Like, there's a whole big thing. But in this, it's just like, what are you going to do? Bam. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so gratifying. Yeah. And I think in the script, they even made Annie a little smarter when they're on the phone together. Yeah. Because in the final movie, Max has to pretty much explain the whole movie. Right. To get her to believe him. <laughs> But then she's like, all right, I'm going to get out of the building. Mm-hmm. And she actually tries to call 911 right away. I think in the movie she tries to call Max back. Which is yeah, like, I think, yeah, I think that's what it was. But uh, Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Vincent says, what are you going to do? Shoot me. Blam. Then Max is like down to Annie. He's like, are you all right? And then Vincent gets up. Jesus, Max. You shot my fucking ear off. <laughs> Good one. Holy shit! (laughs) And then the chase. Oh man, this guy so ridiculous. Yeah, and then uh... good one. Oh, (laughs) but yeah. So, um, so yeah. So then Max and Annie are running away, and Vincent gets up and starts chasing after them. And then uh, they get to Grand Central Station and hop onto a subway car. And then 
there's a missing chase scene. I love it. <laughs> oh man. And then because I was thinking the same thing, it's like page ninety six. <laughs> that scroll down. Pages are missing. Subway chasing is missing from the script. And then it just cuts to Vincent is sitting in a pool of blood, <laughs> dying. <laughs> yes. It's very. It's like if this was a grindhouse movie, this was that's the missing. This real. is exactly what would happen. Like it's, it's very similar <laughs> to what happens in. Uh, I know. In I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. It's like, oh wow, a lot has happened since we cut before. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which yeah. there's only so many ways you can write a chase scene. A yeah, I or... mean, like that's a lot more choreography than you know yeah. script writing. So, well, the only thing that I would love to see how they did it though, because mm-hmm. they show Vincent he gets his J frame revolver back somehow. He <laughs> wasn't using it on Annie, and then like he he just shoots all five in a row after these guys. Yeah. So I'd like I'd like to know how he got to just Max shooting at Vincent. Mm. Like did Vincent have more ammo on him or not? It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, <laughs> there's only so many ways it can go. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, now it's just Vincent sitting there and Max and Annie are just kind of sitting nearby just kind of watching him <laughs> and uh they're almost at the next stop and Vincent kind of taunts them a little bit and he eventually just dies and <laughs> then the next stop comes and Max and Annie get off and Vincent continues on just another dead guy on a subway the end <laughs> Well, I like how uh, uh, Max and A walk by an advertisement with uh, "Visit the Caribbean." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the last line actually is what Eric said: "Just another dead guy on the subway." Yep. Fade out, not the end. Fade out. Right. <laughs> like where'd that come from? But yeah, they definitely made some improvements with the cops side of the story. I think. Yeah. In the final. They made him seem a lot more competent with <laughs> just Heller taking his job seriously. Yeah. Because everybody else is like, come on, I just want to go home. <laughs> I feel like that's exactly what happens <laughs> yeah. in both versions. He's the only one that cares. Yep. <clears throat> oh, man. It's just, it always gets me when he dies. Yeah. It's like, ah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> It, you kind of time. feel like Max, like, yeah, come on, he's exactly. the only guy that believes him. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I feel like they definitely trimmed the fat in the final movie. Yeah. But at the same time, I I really like some of the stuff they threw in here that didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just Max and Vincent at the hospital. Hmm. I I couldn't believe I read that. <laughs> I'll kill your mom. Yeah, we're doing our favor. <laughs> and then Vincent, the only thing he has left is, I'll tell her the truth. He yells at, and Max is just like, not even listening, just keeps running. <laughs> it was much nicer in the final movie where one of the last threats that Vincent gives Max is, 
uh, I'm gonna kill her, kill your mom on my way out of town. I forget what the whole line was, but he just like added it in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what else I can say about it. Um, Michael Mann does pretty good jobs, I think. Yeah, definitely. And, and like I, this, this actually, script is very, very him, you know. Yeah. Like even before he rewrote it as well mm-hmm. to fit his style or whatever, like it's yeah. it's definitely very much like his style of film to make. Yeah, I actually like the graininess in the final movie too. Yeah, I like I like the grain. Definitely works for it. And I still know how I feel about the random scene where Max stops the car to let a random wolf <laughs> pass the street, and they just stare at it. Yeah. While like Audio Slave plays or something, <laughs> whatever the band is. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what Audio Slave is. So yeah, Audio weird. Slave, yeah, it is. It's like who picked this? <laughs> but then like, I felt like the crew was just there. When it happened to be passing by, and yeah. Michael Mann was just like, "I want to put this in." <laughs> yeah, we're shooting That's on exactly digital. What it felt like. Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can shoot anything; it's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um... yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. No. I mean, I'm not sure, like, what. Frank Darabont's specific contributions were. I was almost thinking I should have read the very original script and then this one. Yeah. But, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if he just, like, punched up some of the dialogue or something. That could be. I, I, I'm a little, uh, I don't know how I feel about once in a while there's, like, underlined dialogue. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. And there were a lot of times where of uh, the thing you don't like where in the action lines, things are described that like aren't actually in the movie. It's just like a little thing for the reader. Yeah. There wasn't very many uh, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. That, that. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for once. Yep. This is one of those movies that makes me want to, you know, really get into filmmaking. Yeah. I just, I feel like there's just so much to do right. It's hard to nitpick the stuff I don't like. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. very, very tight movie. Like, I mean, Vincent would love this script because there's not a lot of fat on it. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Ever hear of a fucking treadmill? <laughs> okay, this mo- okay, script compared to the movie, what do you think's better? It's hard to say. I think overall the the movie is better. Um, I agree. I mean, obviously there's still s- some stuff in the script that didn't make it into the movie that I like, but if I had to pick one, I'm glad with what they went with. Yeah. I'll give the, I'll give the script a solid 4.5 out of five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm leaning on a Just, solid four. Yeah. I'd probably give the movie four and a half. Yeah. Very close to five, I will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like there were some aspects of like the way the script was written that I didn't particularly, you know, care for. But I mean, mm-hmm. story-wise, dialogue-wise, like it's all good. Yeah, definitely. 
Very strong characters, definitely. Mm. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, it's definitely very good at establishing characters within, the f- like, the first couple lines that they're in. And <laughs> yeah. Like, very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Even the characters that aren't even characters, just, like, <laughs> the random people that he picks up and, like, you know, you got all the cops and yeah. everybody, so. It reminds me of why I hate New York. yeah it's very good at building the world definitely yeah comparing the script to the actual movie i think the script was written more for new york yeah yeah it definitely feels a lot more new york but even um, though they tried to mention la a couple times like to change it over like it still feels new york-y yeah which um i haven't been to la but I feel like it's a lot more, I don't know, I don't even know how I feel about it. Um, New York, to me, just feels claustrophobic mm. and uh, just too many people crammed together, like Vincent says. Yeah. L.A. doesn't seem as bad. It feels like they got more room. Yeah. And, you know, I just remember a few shots driving by, like, you know, just a few palm trees up every now mm. and then. And still, like, a lot of deserted areas at night. Yeah. Feel a lot more I don't know, almost private somehow. Hmm. Like how, you know, there's just so much going on that you don't see. Yeah. So I'm glad they changed it to LA personally. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think. All right. Well. <laughs> uh Oh, I di- I didn't say this, but the yeah, did, did I mention the song they used in the club in the script? Oh no, no, no. it was Abba's "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme," <laughs> which I listened to that to read along with it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is a poor choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, what script are we doing next time? I don't know. There's still a lot of good ones. Yeah. I would like this time to uh, to do something I keep forgetting to do, and I always feel bad when I forget to do it. I would like to do a plug for uh, Matt Mike in the Movies dot Podbean dot com. Yeah, that is. A I just like very entertaining. Yeah, you know, I feel like there's a lot of critics out there that like they got into filmmaking just enough to criticize <laughs> films, but these guys are still doing like you know, actual video stuff. Yeah. And they keep up with it and they also do pretty accurate critiques in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And they're entertaining as hell, so go check them out. That's Matt Mike in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> they're also on Facebook. It's you know, it's how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just love those guys, so yeah. Spread the love. Yep. Even though Mike spat in my face one time. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, I punched you in the face one time, so it's all good. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't think I ever got to punch you back. No, nope, still waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure oh, whenever well, we film Jurassic a hotel Park. friend trip. Oh, yeah, Jurassic Park. Let's do it. 
All right, so next time we will be doing Jurassic Park, the first draft by just Michael Crichton, revised or like rewrite by Maria Scotch Marmo. That one. Um, Sounds like Momo. <laughs> oh, man. If we ever find Avatar, Last Airbender. Oh, man. <laughs> That's going to be the worst draft we could possibly pick. Okay. All right, so, yep, that's next time. Um, hasta la vista, babies. <laughs> that's one Chill of, out, dickwads. <laughs> that's one of my, that's, uh, that was the uh, one of the sign-off things that I've thought of. Yeah. I'm just, I even, oh. I'm trying to write down the quotes that I think of to use for this, but. I specifically wanted to do that today, but I didn't have any time. <laughs> it's like, how do you stay distinct? I don't know how to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do a different quote on each episode, but okay. I just have to remember all the... Because I had a whole bunch of them. I, had, I started a list somewhere, maybe just in my head, but yeah, I remember like having a couple of them, and I was like, ready to... And then somehow I lost them all, and then I forgot them all. Yeah. I don't know. I think I might want to actually start quoting the scripts we just read. Mm. Like the best farewell line, if there is one. Just get in the cab. (laughs) (laughs) You promise you won't tell anybody? Get in the fucking cab. (laughs) Oh, man. Perfect.